Welcome to the Finding Walter podcast. I'm Ben Walter, your host, and I create spaces and experiences that build community. And this podcast is about my way of life and how I go about fulfilling that mission statement. All right. Hey, guys. So episode three. And uh, yeah, I've kind of Last two weeks have kind of been hairy um, around here. Had a lot of stuff going on family-wise, and I just literally never got time to sit down and record a podcast. So already failed in season four of uh, trying to make this weekly. But we're going to get back on track, and you know what? Like what they say, uh, or what Christopher Nolan wrote in uh, Batman Begins, what do we do when we fall? We get back up. So let's get back up. So coffee I'm drinking today, nothing special. I think that it's basically the same coffee that I was drinking the last time. It's not the same bag. I promise you it's not the same bag. Um, It is a new bag. Um, It just so happened that when I went to Central Market to pick up some groceries, I saw that Cultivar had this uh, bag and it was freshly roasted. Uh, for on sale for eleven ninety nine, so I was like, well, I can't pass up an eleven ninety nine tasty bag of coffee. So that's what I'm drinking right now. Uh, I might have picked up an, another couple just you know because it was so cheap. But yeah, so that's the coffee I'm drinking right now. Nothing special, but you know, hopefully someday you know when I start off this podcast and we're I'm drinking the coffee that I'm drinking that I will be able to one talk about the coffees that I'm roasting, um, and then two maybe have a little bit more uh, money or relationships with other people and maybe even sponsors um, to get better coffee to talk about. Um, And so I'm hoping that I'm going to keep on this segment, even if it's nothing special, um, just because I want to keep going. And maybe it's something that you guys are like, man, I wish he would drink better coffee. So I know what's going on. And maybe you guys, you know, throw me a buck or two over at Patreon so I can get better coffee. That'd be awesome. Okay. So, uh, going on with the ketchup um so sakushi sando which some of you know is my food pop-up here in fort worth that i'm working on right now with my my good buddy joe um i just want to do a quick rundown of our menu um on our instagram we've kind of talked about um these things and put up very story-esque explanations of these menu items but um out of the five menu items that we're going to have for our first pop-up, I named three and Joe named two. Um, initially, we weren't going to name these things. They were just going to be chicken sando and mushroom sando. Um, but, you know, Joe had the, the the great idea to name them, and he he named two of them. I won't explain those today, um, but I, I'll explain the menu item itself. But I won't explain the reason behind the name because, if I'm honest, like I think that I would butcher it and not do a great job of it. But... <clears throat> Gotta clear the throat and get a little bit of coffee. Um, okay, so um, the first, which is like the staple foundation of our menu, which is called the Rodan, um, and it's fried chicken thighs. Um, I won't necessarily go into how I what I do there, but there's some spices and there's a little bit of hot sauce in the batter itself, and then it's just straight up katsu fried uh, chicken. Um, and then we make house-made Kewpie, which is super easy. Um, I might actually like do a video or something on my YouTube channel at some point in time, like how to make your own Kewpie. It's super easy, and it's super cheap when you think about it, like being compared to what you would buy it in the store. And it's literally almost the same thing. Actually, it's a little more tasty to me. 
Um, but then we make a house sauce, which is kind of a play on um, a bulldog sauce or a tonkatsu sauce. Um, we do a little bit different kind of things with it just to make it our own. Um, and then it's got some Dijon mustard and a little bit of uh, pickled uh, coleslaw uh, or like cabbage, basically, um, and rice wine vinegar. So super nice, tangy crunch um, with the decadentness and full flavor of a chicken thigh. So that's a Rodan, and we call it—I I called it the Rodan. I named this one um, because we kind of with with Sakushi like. We're kind of really wanting to embrace a lot of Japanese culture and a lot of Japanese things, but obviously, like, I'm, you know, a, a Irish, like, Dutch, white male, and Joe is, I'm going to butcher, Latino, like, it's so, like, we are not Japanese by any stretch of the means, but we have been heavily influenced by uh, Japan culture because we love ramen, we love, you know, anime, all that kind of stuff, and so... We really wanted to like you know play into that with this, but um, so the Rodan is uh, one of the monsters from the Godzilla universe, and it's like the pterodactyl. And I was thinking, I was like, man, I wish there was like some kind of chicken monster in the Godzilla universe, but there wasn't. But this is the closest thing to a chicken, um, and it's like a raptor pterodactyl kind of thing. And it sometimes teams up with with Godzilla against like the uh, um, gosh, I, I'm going to butcher it. So. They team up sometimes, and there's a whole lore behind it, and some of it's super cheesy. Some of it's actually pretty cool with what they're doing right now with the whole franchise. But, yeah, so I named it that because I th- just thought it was cool. It's kind of mysterious. Um, so, yeah, and then moving on to our kind of more vegetarian-based um, uh, Sando, uh, it is the Black Orchid. And the Black Orchid is a fried portobello, and so it's almost the exact same thing that we do with the chicken thigh. The only difference is... Um, and I meant, forgot to mention on the chicken thighs, they are miso buttermilk brined. Um, and so super tasty. So we can't really brine a mushroom. It would probably fall apart in buttermilk brine. Uh, and so like, we can't really do that. So instead, right before we put the batter on it, we lather it with a layer of, uh, miso, red miso. Um, just to somewhat try to bring that flavor from the Rodan over into the black orchid, give it a little bit more depth. And, uh, and then we do the same kind of, uh, dredge and flour with the black orchid that we do with the rodent. Um, and then it gets almost the same exact build out as the rodent. Um, and literally guys, when we tried this a couple of weeks ago, it mimicked meat. Um, and we already know that from a portobello because there's portobello cap, uh, burgers and all that kind of stuff. But like, this was nuts. Like I felt like I was eating just a, a, a thicker fried like chicken to be honest. Um, and it was super tasty. Um, but the name, the black orchid comes from a, uh, a DC comics hero. Um, and she, uh, um, was part of, I think it was the justice league dark. Um, if I'm if I'm correct, um, right now my brain's not totally working on all of my nerdy, like, um, lore that's in my head, but her whole superpower is that she is really good at disguising herself. Um, and so I chose that character because I feel like that this sandwich is something that is disguising itself as like, as meat, if you would like. So I thought that was really cool play on things. And then the last one that I named was the Tamagodon. And this is gets, when I talk about why this is named this, it's, you're going to be like, wow, Ben's a nerd. Um, but 
it's um, Japanese egg salad, um, QP mustard, super simple with a soft boiled uh, like jammy egg uh, in the middle of it. On all these sandwiches are made um, with our house made sour. Uh, well, it's not sourdough yet, but I'm working on that. But it's house made milk bread. Um, excuse that notification. Um, but it's house made. Uh, Milk, uh, Japanese milk bread. Um, so we make the bread ourselves. We make all our sauces ourselves. We, we, most of the stuff we buy is like raw. Like we make it, like it's, it's like we take the raw ingredients and we make it into something. Nothing is pre-made. Um, that's what I'm trying to do with this. Um, and then the Tamagadon, the reason why we named it the Tamagadon, um, or I named it that was because there is this show back when I was a kid called Fighting Foodons and it was a Pokemon parody and the whole gist of this, the show was there was these chefs, kind of like Pokemon trainers, that would cook up a meal, and then they would use these things called meal tickets. And you would, like, throw this meal ticket into your dish, and your dish would become a monster. And it would fight other chefs' dishes. Super cheesy, super weird, actually kind of technically a good concept, but it kind of made me want to be a chef. I was already being exposed to cooking through my grandmother. But like watching that, and then there's like several other things like Eddie Million, Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff on Disney Channel, like yeah, super cheesy. But like, and then just watching Food Channel at night, like I'm not gonna lie, all these things together made me want to be a cook and a chef. And so I named this the Tamagodon because there is a a food on within this show that is like kind of like an egg dish monster. It's not super clear on exactly what kind of egg dish it is, but it's an egg dish nonetheless, and this is an egg sandwich. So why not call it the Tamagadon? Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's that one. And then the other two menu items we have that were named by Joe um, are the J-Bay, which is our fruit sandwich. Um, it's got sliced strawberries, a matcha cream cheese mousse, and, and a little, like, very, very tiny bit of Nutella on our milk bread. And then the piece de resistance um, is the my marori. That's such a... Uh, I think that he named this, uh, he has a friend, I think her name's Mallory and Marori is how you would say it in, uh, Japan. And so I think it was the idea of playing off of the, my, 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 my Sharona. So yeah, um, we're, we're both nerds, uh, and kind of weird, but, uh, this is our cheesecake. This is our, uh, like a little personal size four inch matcha cheesecake. Um, and so, uh, super excited about this, um, We've got some cool plans of like how to plate it up and give it to you guys when you come pick up your food. Um, you'll be very like, yeah, it's gonna be very cool. Um, and so that's kind of Sakushi right now. Where we're at with that is, um, I think that we're just finalizing a lot of the menu, getting things together, getting a few pieces of equipment that we need, and figuring out where the first pop up is going to be. Um, and so stay tuned for that through this podcast, through my Instagram. Um, which is, uh, just, if you go to Instagram, just type in the Ben Walter and you'll find me, uh, or you can go follow Sakushi Sando, uh, which is S E K U S H I Sando S A N D O all one word on Instagram. And so this is where you can follow us. Um, so moving on into more kind of update things. I know there's a lot of updates because honestly I haven't done this in two weeks and there's actually quite a lot of stuff that's happened with all of my projects in the last couple of weeks. But, um, so I, I posted a couple of blogs on my website, and I just kind of want to point you guys over there to them. Um, one is called Food is Language, which is 
Um, I've actually been working on this for a while. I think this is a little bit of a longer post. No, this isn't. The, this isn't too long. Um, but it's just kind of talking about like how we see food, um, how um, it in and of itself can bring us together, and how we need to learn how to view food as language. Um, and so that's a fun one to write. The next one, this one was long. Um, this is kind of more of a deep philosophical paper on kind of some of my ideas. And the title of this one is The Myth of More is Better and a Theory of What is Better. Um, and so as you know, like a lot of what's behind the things that I do is is creating experiences uh, or creating spaces and experiences that build community. And it's ultimately like if you could add to that, it would be for better. Um, and so it's about community being for better and being creative. Um, that's a lot of what I do. Um, and so this whole article was really kind of breaking down, um, like how ultimately like you can't like being for better, you can't fix everything and having more of something is not better. And ultimately how simplifying your life and figuring out the things that, that, that you can affect the best. Um, it's like, um, we get in the article, I get into talking about, um, Tolstoy's, uh, manifesto that he called rules for life, which is, it really ties into what we're going to talk about today in our main topic. Um, but you know, he had these rules for life and it was, you know, get up early, go to bed early, um, two hours permissible for sleeping during the day. So a nap, um, eat little and avoid sweets, walk for an hour a day, have a goal for your whole life, a goal for one section of your life, a goal for a shorter period and a goal for the year, a goal for every month, a goal for every week, a goal for every day, a goal for every hour and, a, and for every minute and sacrifice the lesser goal to the greater. So really looking at that whole, that, that's one whole goal. That's one whole part of his manifesto, like one sentence. And I, it's crazy, but it's the idea of it is getting in that last part of the sentence, sacrifice the lesser goal to the greater. So what is greater um, in your goals and focus on that. Um, then love those to whom I can be of service disregard all public opinion that's not based on reason and always live or live always live less expensively than you might i think a lot of us could really really take heart in that and then change nothing in your lifestyle even if you get 10 times richer and i've said this i actually said this to my wife the other day um i said you know if for some reason these projects that i'm working on someday like made millions of dollars i don't know if i would change my lifestyle um i i can't be for sure about that because obviously like i'm not perfect but I don't know if I would um, because I don't necessarily dislike my style of life. I don't necessarily dislike my level of life. I think the reason why I would like to have more income coming in is so that I can do more things such as these projects and it be a little bit easier, if you will. I wouldn't go out and buy a Lamborghini. I wouldn't go and buy a brand new house. I wouldn't have a swimming pool. Um, you know, I think I might buy better equipment to do my stuff better. Um, I wouldn't take, you know, I, I would take probably some vacations, but I wouldn't take these massive extravagant vacations to resorts and be there for a month. Like, I just don't think that would ever happen. I might do that a couple of times in my life, but not super consistently. Um, I would probably do it when I feel like that after I've worked a lot, then I deserve it. Okay, enough of that. Sorry, that was a lot of updates, and I'm looking, and it's like 15 minutes of this podcast. I am terribly sorry, um, but we're going to get into the topic today. And the topic today uh, is called A Way of Life. Um, and the, this whole podcast, I'm titling it, um, and it's not up there. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not on there. My bad. Uh, my notes are not finished. Um, anyways, the topic is a way of life um, and, and basically trying to find that way of life, which is kind of 
like you know you've been listening to this podcast for a while now it's kind of what this is about finding walter finding myself finding my way of life because i think now i think when i first started this it was about like who am i um what was it, 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 and and now it it kind of moved into more of why was i here and now it's okay well how do i find my way of life or create my way of life so in I'll probably keep moving through these questions throughout my life and reforming and, 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 and that kind of thing. But the inciting idea of, of this topic was um, an address Marco Pierre White gave to Oxford Union. Um, and I watched this on YouTube and it was um, an answer to a question he, uh, an audience member had. Um, and so the question the audience member had is, you said what your dream was, uh, you said that what your dream was to get three Michelin stars. Once you got it, you felt it was a bit boring. My dream is to have a restaurant. Would you say that when I get my restaurant, it might be boring to keep the reputation? So if anybody doesn't know who Marco Pierre White is, one of the best chefs in the world. Um, he, I think he got up to, the, he, he got three Michelin stars. I don't know if he got more than that, but I know that he at least got three Michelin stars. And then um, worked forever for it. And he even talks about it in this address, like his whole like working up the ladder and then he just kind of let it go and I'm not really sure exactly what he's doing these days but from what I've gathered from a couple of different like documentaries on food and stuff like that I've watched that he's shown up in is it seems like he has like a small little bed and breakfast like out in the middle of nowhere um and like he just cooks there and hangs out with people which sounds freaking dope um but uh yeah and so like it's it's what he said even you know what this this uh um, audience were asked is like, you know, you said after you got the three Michelin stars, it was boring. So if my dream to have a restaurant, it, my dream is to have a restaurant. Would you say that when I get my restaurant, it might be boring to keep the reputation? So this is what Wright responds with. Um, do you want Michelin stars? And the audience member says no. And Marco comes back and says, you want a restaurant that serves great food. It becomes a way of life that's an extension of you. It's where you and your family are brought up. This, like, when I was watching this one day, I think that I was rocking my son to sleep, and he had just fallen asleep in my arms, and I was just sitting there watching YouTube on our TV, and I found this address, and I'm like, I like Marco Pierre White. Eh, this would be nice just to kind of possibly veg out to and just learn a little thing, something from him. Um, and when he said this, this it just hit me and it hit me like a ton of bricks and like i felt like that like i'm still trying to to parse out exactly how i felt the way that i felt and so um i'm going to read it again and i might stop and kind of you know go through this um you want a restaurant that serves great food it becomes a way of life like that right there. It becomes a way of life. Like I, I think that like I, there's so many different pieces of content that I've been intaking lately um, about like being around the table um, and, and like how food brings us together and, and all this different kind of stuff. And, and being that I'm someone that is in ministry uh, or like I, I consider myself doing ministry um, probably not in the sense of a lot of what people would define that as, but whatever, I don't care. Um, and then also really wanting to be a chef and wanting to be a cook and, and experimenting with, with, with things like coffee and, and food and, and, and it's these, it's these tools of hospitality, you know, which, um, and I really need to turn this off. Um, it's this tool, tools of hospitality, um, that are 
their tools, um, to be perfectly honest. Um, and, um, not to say that they, in and of themselves, I don't enjoy them. They're like, like tools are great, but like, sorry, I'm trying to gather my thoughts back after that. Um, but it, it, this way of life and, and creating something that you gather people around a table and then it just becomes a way of life and you're eating and you're enjoying one another's company and you learn from one another and, and you just kind of get on down the road. It's like, you know, honestly, like being that I, um, want to create this way of life and have like these, these gatherings. Like I, like I have this idea in my head about people getting around a table, eating and talking about Jesus. Right. And some of you may not believe in Jesus and, and that's completely fine. But like, I still want to talk about it because it's just somebody that has affected human history throughout all of it. And we all have an opinion. And I want to know your opinion and I want you to know my opinion. And I want us to have a conversation about one, like not just that, but also like how like we can be better for the world and how this table, like what happens at this table can affect more than just this three foot radius that we can, this can be huge. This can change the world. And the, 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 the Jesus thing, like for me is what inspires that and fuels that. And so he moves on into to talking about that it's an extension of you. And it's where you and your family are brought up. Like that idea of like, it's an extension of me, right? Like this is like when, when I put food down on the table or when I create an experience or when I roast this coffee or when I write this book or do this podcast or whatever, these are extensions of me. Like it's like this is a part of me. And, and that's, 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 you know, pretty accepted. Um, but where you and your family, and then it goes into like where you and your family are brought up. Like, yeah, like that, like I want my family like to be brought up in this atmosphere of something that I create. Like, and, and I'm still trying to figure out what all this looks like. Right. Like, 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 like I have an idea, but like it, it kind of keeps reforming and, but it's all around the same things of what I know. I, I know how to do with my hands and my mind. Um, and, and like I even thought the other day, like how cool would it be to go live in a small town? One, because I'm just gonna be honest with you. Sometimes it's hard living in a big city. Um, it, it it's busy, it's overrun, it it's just getting from one place to another is hard. It's expensive, and I know that like I'm sounding like I'm complaining, but sometimes it's just hard living in a big city and creating a way of life in a big city. While albeit might be good for some, some people might want a more small town where people are not commuting to go get their groceries. You know, um, where you know everybody in town, or at least a good portion of people in town, and you like, it, it, I just sometimes I look at a big city. I'm like, how does how is community bred in these things? And and I'm not even talking about like cities like New York and Portland and all that kind of stuff, which. Right now, I understand things are not great, but like in the past, these have been um, a uh, something that uh, like they they've they've had small communities within the big city that that in and of themselves are like small towns. So, as a little rabbit trail, but like creating that way of life where your family's brought up. Like I've, I've thought about this, like how cool would it be to have 
in some some small town that's like just like an, a real cool kind of eclectic, weird, artsy small town, like what Denton like what Denton, Texas was like 15 years ago, um, and you know on this, in this dilapidated like town square that just needs some life in it, like grabbing one of these spots that's not super expensive, and just just kind of keeping it mostly raw but kind of cleaning it up a little bit. And having some some kitchen space in it, and some roasting coffee, and 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 it being just kind of this like gathering spot that is kind of like informal. Like there's not a staff; it's just my space. It's just my studio, like you would go to an artist studio. Um, but it's where people can come and they can learn how to do things, and they can hang out, and like they can try and taste coffees and that kind of stuff, like. And it's just like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily even have like a name on the outside possibly, like it's just a place where people come and hang out and gather around a table, and and it's super informal. There's not like a barista or a chef behind the thing that you can't go back behind there and see what's going on. Like I know that like I don't know how the logistics of that would work when it comes to laws and stuff like that, but it's like, I mean, come on, like how freaking cool would that be that like there's a space that you know that you can go to like if the door's open and the lights on. Like you can go inside and like somebody's inside and if you drop, you know, I don't know, five, ten bucks in there, you can, you know, try a couple of different things that that person's cooking or, or you can grab a, yourself a cup of coffee from, you know, something that just was roasted like this morning. Like, you know, like this is weird stuff that there's not a menu. It's just whatever's there today. Like, and maybe it's not open, you know, like at three when you're wanting to go, but you know, it'll be open at five today because I have time to come in and do stuff. But like, I know it's. I know it sounds weird, but like it, that would be kind of cool, right? Like, and it would just be a place where I could. It would be kind of even cool to like live above it, like my family to live above it, and it's just kind of my home. And like, man, like it would be really, really cool. And like, not only that, like when it comes to the idea of me doing ministry and church playing, it's like this is this is a place where people could come and we could gather together and sing some some songs and we could learn about Jesus and, and we could bring our community in and like I said, gather around that table, you know, like that's that way of life and like. Sometimes I hate it that like um, that some of these brands and projects I've created like are there, right? Because like sometimes I'm just like, man, I just created a bunch of brands, and it's like technically, if you really look at all this, I have purposely comp- compartmentalized it because I think it's kind of what I need to do right now. But if I'm honest, I just want it to so, so all of it to so seamlessly work together without any other name, like without a name on it. It just works. It's just there. I don't have to market it. I hate marketing. If I'm honest, I hate advertising. Um, but I digress. So he goes on, Marco Pierre White, back to the, the idea, Michelin stars are a treadmill. Um, you are delivering to Michelin every single day. And, and like, if I'm honest, like I'm sitting here like, okay, so I own a restaurant and Michelin's my goal, right? And some of the idea of why, like I'm doing a lot of things I'm doing, like among the onion that I am and the layers of this onion that are there, one of those layers is the fact that like, working for somebody else and like building their idea and building their business is hard for me. Um, because like, it's just, it's just difficult for me and I don't need to explain that. I don't need to justify that to you because it's my life and not yours. And I don't mean to get like, like, I guess I don't mean to be a butthole on that. Excuse my language. But like I've, for so many years felt like I've had to justify myself to people for why I don't want to work for other people. And I'm like, there are thousands of people out there that own businesses that did not have to justify themselves to other people for not wanting to work for other people and build the other person's dream. So I'm not justifying myself. Um, and so the idea of this Michelin thing, right back to that, like you are delivering to Michelin every day. 
you are delivering to customers every day. Because remember, when I was cooking, my average bill was 300 pounds a head in 1999. That's pressure to deliver standards. Now, I'm not saying, like, this is what's funny, right? Like, you will always have a boss, technically. But the Michelin part of that that statement is like, I have to deliver to Michelin every day? That sounds like a boss. And then the other idea of delivering to customers every day. This is a weird one. This is a nuanced one. Because, like, yeah, to some extent, your customers are your boss. Because, like, if they don't like what you're putting out, they don't come back and they don't pay money for what you're doing. I mean, yeah, you're up, you know what, creek without a paddle. Um, but at the same time, it's this idea of that, like, yeah, but, like, sometimes the customers don't know what they want. And they're just going to complain. We've no, We've seen that with Yelp. I mean, you can go. You can go look at Anthony Bourdain's comments on Yelp, and 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 just it's 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 a it, it is. Excuse me, but Yelp and reviews of restaurants are a hellhole. Um, I'm sorry. Like it's I've I've worked for multiple restaurants and had to deal with from a management perspective deal with reviews of restaurants, and half the time the people that review that give negative feedback. One, it's always higher, and that's what's so crazy about the thing. Like, you'll always find the one star before you find the five star review. Um, but that one star review, like half the time, the things that happened didn't happen, and half the time, that person that gave the one star didn't actually show up. Anyways, um, and then it's it's crazy here. Like, side note of this that that his average bill per person was three hundred pounds. Like Jesus, like that's a, that in in nineteen ninety nine. Like that's crazy. Um, and thinking about like, you have to deliver something to somebody that they deem worth 300 pounds in, in, in England. Like this is worth 300 pounds. Like I can't even imagine the stress of that. Um, and, and that's what he talks about. That's pressure to deliver standards. Um, so he, he ends off his response to this audience member of, if you want to make it a love affair, then you will have a happy life. And that's how I look at a lot of the things I'm trying to do right now is I'm trying to just look at things passionately. Like it's a love affair and that like, no matter what, like I'm not sitting here trying to be rich. I just want to be able to do the things that I want to do. So that's the way of life. And we'll probably talk about this more as time goes on and more in-depthly. I'm a little scatterbrained right now. I've got a lot of stuff going on, but I just wanted to get on here. I've had this kind of plan for the last two weeks to get on here and, and talk about this. Um, but uh, I wish I had more notes. I wish I could go into more deep depth. But I do know that like we're reaching a point at which I think sometimes my rambling only lasts in your in, in people's like attention spans for like 15 minutes. So, um, we're going to stop right there. And, uh, you know, as far as like what is coming up, um, Sagushi, we already kind of talked about that. Um, we got a couple other things that I, I necessarily can't talk about right now. Um, I think the one thing that I didn't talk about at the beginning that I meant to was, um, Green Lady, uh, the kind of coffee and food not not Sakushi, but Green Lady's kind of my coffee roasting and catering company. Um, we are going to look at a roaster in the next week or so. Um, we were supposed to look at it last week, but there was a hiccup with something that broke in the machine that needs to get fixed. So we're going to go look at that, and hopefully within the next month, we will have that roaster set up in my kitchen roastery studio space. Um, and I will start roasting coffee, and I can send samples out to you guys, and then 
you know, maybe by the end of the year, we can actually start selling some bags of coffee. Maybe I can start funding some of this stuff. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of it. Um, you know, as always my Patreon's over there. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what to do with my Patreon, so I'm not going to plug it too hard. And, uh, guys, I think I'm just going to end it off right here and, uh, have a great week and I'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening. And if you're wanting to uh, get in touch with me, have any questions or just want to talk, um, you can find my contact form on my website uh, at benwalter.net. You can find connections to all of my social media um, and even my Patreon account, which I've mentioned probably at the end of this podcast already, but I'm going to mention it again because that right now is how I'm going to be trying to pay a little bit of my bills. So if you like what we what I'm doing here um, and you want to see some of these other projects that you've heard me talk about um, come to fruition, uh, consider going over to Patreon and, and, and you know leaving me a tip, uh, throwing me you know a dollar or two. Um, I really appreciate it. So um, guys, have a great week, and I'll see you next week.